Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Right now, uh, my message is entitled Making His Desire Your Desire because God has called us to impact nations. God has called you to impact nations. You think that you're just this person, and God says, no, you're not. You're much bigger than that. You're like, yeah, but this is all I do, Lord. And he goes, no, 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 that's your head. That's not my head. Because God takes people who have had broken lives and small lives, and he says, right, uh, this would never happen but without me, but if you give me your life, I'm going to use you now to help a lot of people that maybe you've never even seen before, even the color of your skin or your background, there's no connection, but God says, I'm going to take you and use you. And uh, I believe right now, Global Heart Church, as we're coming out of this kind of pandemic era, I feel like where it's caused the lockdowns around the world and that's starting to ease up. Melbourne's going to ease up. Um, I'm believing that we're going to come out of it into even greater miracle territory. So we've been declaring that, and I really want to encourage you to clear it over your own life. I'm in miracle territory. I'm in miracle territory. And uh, speak it out, speak it over your family, but listen also to do, if God's saying to you, hey, do this in the middle of the miracle, do it. Sometimes we're like, yeah, I love to all the prayer stuff. And then God's, yeah, like pray and do. You got to get that. That's the Christian life is pray and do. I get a lot of people, yeah, I'm just praying about that. I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, no, I just do the prayer thing. Well, at some point you got to get up. <laughs> I think Jordy said the other day, people are praying for revival, right? Yeah, Lord's in the revival. Well, and then Jordy said, quite rightly, well, who's going to put the chairs out? When the revival hits. <laughs> oh, everybody, oh, revival, oh, hallelujah. And you get with prayer groups, oh, yes. Well, are you going to put the chairs out? Oh, I didn't think about that. Who's going to put the chairs away? Uh, don't want revival now, right? <laughs> Cancel that prayer. Whatever your spirit orders, your soul pays for. So that means your, your life and your body is paying for what you've been praying and believing for. So Sue and I are oh, praying to go to Perth in Jesus' name. We're putting out the chairs, <laughs> Sue and I, and the three others. Uh, that would be Sean, Nathan, and Jordan. Put those chairs out. <laughs> so you've got to do. And how you enter into destiny is that you pray and do. It's twofold. Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, Jesus says, and it's his final commission, if you like, and it's really an obedience commission. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples. What's a disciple? Disciplined ones of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the age. Jesus says to every believer and to every church, go and make disciples of all the nations. Didn't say just one nation. Didn't say just one people group. Didn't say one age group. He says, go and make disciples. Make followers of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I commanded. Teach them the Word of God. Teach them to follow the Word of God. And lo, Jesus says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Love that. Everybody, we've been commanded to go. And uh, years ago, as we were going along here in Perth, 
the Lord led us to a name change, which we used to be Sunset Coast Christian Life Center, for those who remember it was called Sunset Coast. And God led us to change the name to Global Heart Church. And here I was growing up, my mum's family, for those who know the story, my mum's family were all really, really wealthy people. My dad's family were broke, Irish, and drunk. And we grew up with that family because we owed the other family a lot of money. So we kept moving further and further to the Bronx and trying to pay off the debts to the rich family. And they kind of stopped talking and we stopped talking to them because they were mean. No, they weren't. They were, they were just putting a boundary up as my dad drunk us into oblivion where we ended up in one of the roughest streets in uh, Western Sydney. And so I look back and I'm like, the Lord again, even there, as I gave my life to the Lord, God goes, yeah, I'll take your brokenness now, give it to me, give me a life, and now I want to do something through you. And so from smallness and never going anywhere, I didn't go to a restaurant until I was 16. I'd never been in a restaurant until I was 16. And I remember when I went to the restaurants, it was so exciting because they had curried prawns and rice and fish and chips. It's the biggest moment of my life. Oh my gosh, you get to choose between curry points and rice, fish and chips. So, but everything was so small. And then God, from there, then <laughs> caused me to meet Sue. And, we, and I got married in London, which blew my mind in 1984, getting married in London, going overseas. My gosh, you know. And then from there, the Lord's like, keep expanding. Keep expanding. Why? Because I want you not just to be a person who's small, but a person who's biblical. I want you to be a person of the nations because that's what I'm calling every believer to. And because he called me to pastoral ministry, he's like, I want you to be understanding. I want you in time to help take my people to the nations. Some people aren't all going to be missionaries who go and live in other nations. Not many of you will do that. That's just not how that goes. But to give is to go. To give is to go. Some of you will go and see, support, visit. Some may go for a couple of months. Some may, but, and definitely some will go. But for a lot of people, to give is to go. And so God has put on us, changed that name years ago to Global Heart Church, so that we could really declare, Lord, we're in agreement with you to fulfill your commission, which is to go into all the world and make disciples. You know, I love our Genesis 15 where God says to Abram, who became Abraham, who he would make a father of nations, of multitudes. He and Sarah were like around 100, and uh, both of them nearly dead. I don't think you even get the pension at that age. They were kind of, they were meant to be out of here. And uh, both at the end of their life, being barren, and then God goes, hey, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And Abraham's like, who? <laughs> you. And your wife, Sarah, is going to give birth to a child. He's like, I can't get off the couch. She can't walk, and what? <laughs> and God goes, yeah, you're going to be the father of many nations, and your wife's going to give birth to a, a child, a son. I love God. He's always saying, what you can't do, I will make happen. Because it's not about you and your power. God says it's about him and his power. And all he's looking for us to do is, listen, everybody, get into agreement with him. If you were to get into agreement with God on who he says you are and what he says you can do, you would be amazed what would happen in your life. You'd be amazed. So over years, we've tried to say, Lord, help us to not go, nah. <laughs> That's the word for a lot of Christians around the world, nah. And here's what we do. It's not my thing. Everybody, we need to lose nah and not my thing to, Lord, what is your thing? What's your desire? What's your desire for me? And help me, Lord, to get into agreement with you. 
Years ago, God, yeah, he's worthy of a clap, eh? And years ago, the Lord said to Sue and I, leave Sydney with two little boys and go to London and plant a church with three people. <laughs> we were like, what? Everybody I invited to come and join us were like, I'm not going to London, it rains there. Rain all the time, blah, 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 blah. Follow the Lord. Go there now. And then London Hillsong Church came up and was one of the key churches impacting Europe today. But somebody had to start it. And God goes, that somebody is you. <laughs> and uh, but everybody else is like, no, no thanks, wrong. Uh. But I'm saying to the Lord, not how's the weather? How's that going to work for Sue and I? We're like, what do you want us to do, Lord? He goes, I want you to do that. Everybody, God's got a plan and a destiny for your life, and it's absolutely full of fulfillment. It's full of freedom. It's supernatural. If you start stepping into it, you will begin to understand and know Jesus in a way that will blow your mind. You, who you see him, you will discover him, you will see him, he will just blow your mind again and again in who he is. And then he'll blow your mind at his power to work even when you go, I just don't know how this could happen. <laughs> and God goes, that's okay, you don't need to know how it'll happen. Just agree with me and I'll make it happen. And I don't know if you guys remember a story when Sue and I moved to London, we tried to get a house and, and uh, I'm like, every house was like, you know, tens of thousands of pounds more than we had. And I went and saw nine houses and we were trying to buy one. We're like, let's get, get in there and trust God. And anyway, I'd seen nine houses. I was just at the end. I was like, oh, there ain't a house here in our price bracket. Not even here, not even close. And then I went home and said to Sue, oh, that's enough. I've seen nine. And Sue goes, well, that's not 10, is it? And she said, I saw another one around the street. And I was like, go see it yourself. Anyway, <laughs> Sue goes to me, no, you should go. It's around in that street, and that area is good, and it's near the creche and the school. And I was like, ah. Oh. I go and see the house. I walk in the house. When I walked into the kitchen of that house, I walked in, and I just, it has to be God. I went, I'm standing in Sue's kitchen. And I was like, this is Sue's kitchen. Ten pounds. We give up too soon, everybody. We give up too soon. We give up too soon. Abraham can't give, he, he, how is my wife going to get pregnant? She's like, how am I going to have a baby? We give up too soon because God says, no, I'm in it. I go home and say to Sue, you need to come see this house. We can't afford it, but you need to just go in the kitchen because I think it's your kitchen. Sue walks in the kitchen. She goes, I think this is my kitchen. <laughs> no, she doesn't do that. And so I made the guy an offer and it was so low. And then he goes, you know what? I love you, Australia. He, I'm nearly an American then. He goes, I love you, Australians. He goes, you're so funny. I said, I'm not joking. He goes, he goes you weren't joking? I went, no. He goes, he goes Mr. Keen, um, I'm sorry. He was more like, oh, I'm very sorry. That is, I'm not even going to ring the person over that price. And I said, no, I need you to ring them. And he said, uh, no, we start having a fight. I said, I'm the buyer. You're the middle guy. I need to ring the seller. He's saying, ah, you're so funny. I saw Crocodile Dundee. You guys are funny. I'm like, I'm not Crocodile Dundee. Ring the guy. Anyway, so it rings back and forth. We were going up 500 pounds. And he's like, oh. and then he got aggro with me. You want to go up another 500, right? He goes, look, you need to go up 15,000 pounds at a time. And I said, no, 500. He rings the guy. I think we went up three grand. And they said, yes. So we were, we'd bought it. 
way underpriced. I couldn't even tell the neighbors what we bought it for. They were all like, oh, what did you pay for your house? I, said, I was like, oh, yeah, it was a good deal. <laughs> I thought they were going to be tick, right? Anyway, but we got the house. Listen, had to go again. Had to get into agreement with God and with my wife. <laughs> you need to get into agreement. You spend your life going, no, not my experience. No, God can't do it. Never happened to us. No, not in my family. Listen, you say all that. Listen, it'll never happen. But I had to change my words and change my attitude and change my cynicism and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? <laughs> so if you do that and get into agreement, say, God, I'm up for the deal. I'm up for your calling. You know, I'm up for what you planned for me. God says, well, get ready because I'm going to do something that's going to actually firstly bless you. Uh, actually, at the beginning, it'll confuse you. It'll challenge you. It'll throw you off guard. Uh, you'll be, you start walking to God's purpose. What, like, what's happening here? It's confusing. But if you persist, you'll go, oh, my gosh, down the track. Lord, look what you have done. And look what you've done in me. Incredible. So Abram says, to the uh, Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. I'm your exceedingly great reward. That's a word for somebody here right now. God's saying to you, number one, don't be afraid. Stop letting this fear thing grip you. Stop it. I grew up in fear, grew up in uncertainty. And I had to give that to God. And all you got to do is say, Lord, I give you my fear. Lord, I give you my fear. And God, I'm struggling to get into agreement with you in, by the way, words, not feelings. I had to get in agreement with God with my words. Lord, I agree with you. Currently not feeling it, but I agree with you. And, uh, and then I had to action my words. If you don't action your words, you'll be doing all spiritual type things forever to make yourself look like you're spiritual. A lot of people talk the talk. Oh, yes, hallelujah, I need to get with that group, need to go to that group, need to all spiritual or a convention. So listen, most people are doing that to cover the fact they're not doing what God's asked them to do. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. I'm your shield. What does that mean? I'm your protector. Come out from your fear covering, uh, your convention attendance covering. <laughs> you know, people who are like, oh, I'm just, and, oh, I love that person on the internet. That can be a complete cover for us not doing what we're meant to be doing. Because, we're, oh, yes, love them. No, no, Jesus never said, and you shall follow somebody and they shall become your shield of podcast that takes you off. No, Jesus is like, no, 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 don't be afraid. Get up, Abraham, and go and do what I've asked you to do. Get up and begin to walk into my calling. And he says, I'll be your shield and also an exceedingly great reward. I love that. Great reminder, everybody. When you give your fears to God and you start walking in His purpose and plan, God says there's an exceeding great reward. There's an exceeding great reward. And, uh, and I love it because <laughs> we have experienced like, Lord, how did that happen? How did that work? How's that going on? God goes, I'm your exceedingly great reward. And I'll reward your faith. I'll reward your agreement. And I'll reward you when you get up when it's costly and sacrificial. <laughs> you know, uh, I believe that the enemy loves to fill Christians with fear because fear can give you up, make you give up on something now that God has planned ultimately will bless you down the track. So the enemy's trying to get us to give up on something. Oh, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't get to know God. Don't serve at church. Don't be a part of this. He's actually wants you to give up here so that you're not walking in the blessing of that down there. 
And so I had to learn, no, 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 give my fears to God because God has the place for your life and he has the provision for your life. He's got the place of service, the next place of service in his house here and the next place of service, hello, that in your ministry that you have out into the world. And here's the thought too, God has provision for it. He has provision for it. He has healing for you. Sue and I both along the way, both of us from very broken homes, lots of uh, dysfunction, alcoholism, mental illness, depression, marriage breakup, all kinds of stuff, on and on and on. And here's the thing is, the Lord will heal you as you go. The Lord will heal you as you go. And, if, and to be honest, Sue and I are still on a healing recovery journey 40 years later from where we started. It doesn't finish. You keep going, but you don't sit down in the process. You serve God when you haven't got it together. You love God when you haven't got it together. You love people when you haven't got it together. And, but you get up and you keep going. God says, I'll heal you as you go. I'll heal you as you go. That's faith. That's agreement. I'll heal you as you go in Jesus' name. One of the great things we're seeing right now in our church in Zambia, everybody, is we're seeing this just miracles happening, things happening in Zambia, even in the midst of this, the pandemic happening, and they've had lockdown for months in Zambia. But we've been watching our church, and a whole lot of people are realizing that, the, that Jesus never taught in the Bible, attend the building. Jesus doesn't teach in Scripture, attend the building. And what do most Christians out of the world do? What do you do? Oh, yeah, I go to that church. Yeah, I go to that church, which means they go once a month many times. But anyway, side thought, except for Global Heart Church. Very committed. But a lot of people are attending a church. Jesus never said attend a church. He said become the church. Become the body of Christ. Become the church. So at Global Heart Church, you need to know that uh, our church, it's, it's going to be different these days because... Sometimes you go to churches and you'll see the pastor and wife and maybe a couple of other leaders and they're preaching, they're leading, they're doing everything and everybody comes, watches, maybe pay their tithe, maybe pay, give their tithe, maybe they don't. And then the team up here are going to the promised land and that's the goal. And everybody come on, come and sit in, come and hear us, got a great message. Listen everybody, that's a nice goal, but it's unbiblical. We are called in the pastoral team, Ephesians 4, to equip you for your ministry. We, that's what we're here to do. We'll equip you for your ministry and help you go to your calling. Now, listen, if you're not asking about that, we can't help you. <laughs> this is the Jesus house, the Jesus show. The team here are here to serve the Lord and serve you. But we can't help you if you're not asking about your calling. Most people think, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that at any serving at church. I don't want to do anything. Listen, you're missing the whole point. You're missing the whole point. You cannot become like Jesus or like Christ if you are not a servant in the kingdom of God. It's impossible. If people attend a church and listen to messages, here's what your ministry becomes. That was good this week. That becomes your ministry. Yeah, she was, she was on fire. <laughs> they go, eight out of ten this week. Last week was a 10, this week 8. This is the literal ministry of a lot of Christians around the world. Oh, I like that thought. And there is nil implementation of the calling of God in their own life. Go home, have their nice white shirt on, nice trousers, had a tie maybe, went, go home, come back the following week, do church, select a few people going to the promised land. They're usually on the stage. <laughs> Everybody... This is not about us going to the promised land. This is about you going to the promised land. 
We're here to help you get to your destiny. I'm trying to get your children and your grandchildren into destiny. But you've got to ask the questions. You've got to ask the questions. Some of you have seen Jordan preach now. Sean's a missionary worship leader in Melbourne at the minute. Nathan's a businessman working at a top company in the city. And, but here he is involved in ministries in our worship team. Their understanding now, as our team in Zambia are, and Zambia is seeing this blessing, is that, listen, when you're a Christian, you have a ministry in the house of God and a ministry out of the house of God. You have a ministry in the house of God, 1 Corinthians 12, you're the body. If you're a kidney and you are not functioning in the house of God, the cleansing role that you would have brought to the blood coming through is not happening. You've got to be part of the body so the blood can go through and cleanse. You're the kidney, you're the cleanser going through to the heart. So what happens, we have all these organs that come to church and disappear. There's no blood flow, there's no anointing flow, there's no power. And so what's happening in many places in the world, and Australia used to be like it a lot more, less so these days, but Africa's like it, Asia's like it, South America's like it, is they have everybody come to church, they attend, they score the pastor and whoever, go home, and then they're broke at home in challenging countries. They've got challenges, so then what do you got to do? You've got to get the miracle person in to lift everybody's depression because there's no victory. There's no victory in their life. So I've been saying to the guys for years now, hey, listen, resource God's house, our team in Zambia, I've been saying to my compassion son, resource God's house, because when you do, God's going to resource you. So now what's happened is they're all starting to start businesses. The businesses are flourishing. Um, jobs are happening. People are being promoted. One of the guys just said to me, I was praying, said to the Lord, Lord, I'm building your house. What do you want me to give? And he and his wife came up with a figure. They gave to half of the house offering. And then he said, my new business that I started, said, Lord, this is unto you. We're building your house. That's why we're here. And he said, when, the, when his new business started, he said, straight away, I made tenfold money immediately on the first deal. And I said, do you guys need me to get a miracle man to come to you in Lusaka? They went, he's here. We don't need the miracle man in. He's here. We're having miracles all the time. We're like, what are you? What's happened with you? What's happened with you? What's, oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, my gosh. They've got a pandemic on in Zambia. Much of the country is in challenge. And they're all like, wow, that's happening. Oh, my gosh, that's happening. That's incredible. What's happening is they realize, I've got a ministry in the church. What's the ministry in the church? Ushers, worship, kids, technical, creative security, whatever you're doing, they're there. And then out here, I've got a ministry in the world. That's your job or your business. Out in the world, your ministry out here will either be evangelistic, pastoral, or financial. You will be out there in an IT business, and you will say, oh, I can't do evangelism or pastorism in the, in the IT business. God says, no, 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 you're a resourcer. You're to grow that IT business to bring finance into the house of God so we can build the church in Australia, build the church in Africa, build the church in Germany, build the church around the world. So go out there, you're a resource. But you may have some evangelism in your office. But you have a ministry in IT, ministry in finance. So here's the thing. If everybody at Global Heart Church goes, hang on, I've got a ministry out here. Then I come to church on the weekend and I'm in the kids' ministry or on the ushers or I'm here. The devil will struggle to get you when you're in God's purpose in his house and out of the house. Say that again, the devil will struggle to get you if you go, I'm in God's purpose in the house, and then I'm in God's purpose out of the house. So whatever your role is out of the house, you go, that's my ministry there. I'm a doctor. I'm a school teacher. I know what I'm there. It's either pastoral evangelism or whatever you do, whatever, financial. It's usually the three, and God's got you there to be a blessing. But in God's house, uh, what else are we? I'm doing technical. And I know God's given me these gifts with technical or creative. I've just got this creative thing. I don't know how it comes from, and it's being used in God's house. 
So you've got to work out, what's your ministry in the house? What's your ministry out of the house? Then you will come off drugs. Then your depression will lift. Let me just say, then you'll come off drugs, then your depression will lift. I'm not joking because I'd be on both of those if I was not in God's purpose in the house and God's purpose out of the house. But my depression and my addiction, which would have come, all of that didn't happen because I was in God's house walking in his purpose. Helping people, loving people. When I felt it, didn't feel it. And as I did, God said, I'll heal you as you go and then I'll use you and you'll be getting freer of all that stuff. Everybody, God wants to free you from that so that you can be blessed. God sometimes gives you provision that you need in your life, but money can't buy it. We've had so much provision come to us at different times that you can't purchase it. It only comes through walking in God's purpose and plan. And God says, I'll have provision through that person. I'll have provision through that. This supernatural provision will come. You're like, how's that happening? It's because you're saying, Lord, what's your desire for me? Help me to do that. What is your desire? In the house? What's your desire for me? Out the house. And so resource comes. I'm going to tell you the miracle we're having in Zambia right now at the end of this in just a few minutes. Because exactly what we're talking about, they're resourcing. We've been resourcing them. And God goes, okay, here's another miracle. So as I said, there are miracles you cannot buy. They only come from doing what God's asked you to do. Listen to Isaiah 41, everybody. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Numbers 14.9. Bible says, Do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. Huge. For they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Great word from the Lord, everybody. Don't fear people. Your life is built on the perspective of others. You cannot move into what God has for your life. And, uh, and the Bible says in the Gospels, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. So if people are all speaking well of you and that's your goal that they do that, the Bible says, woe, judgment. Because you cannot do God's will and not have some people be upset. I had friends of mine and family who preferred me dysfunctional and broken. They preferred it. The moment I started getting healed and standing up and saying, I'm going to go forward and I don't want to be there and I don't want to live in that broken life anymore, people got ticked. Why? Because I was challenging them living in that land. And, uh, and so if you've got people who are haters, you must have something good to hate. Haters only hate when you've got something. Don't be put up by what people are doing. You know, Abraham, God's like, hey, I'm going to give you this son. Now give him Isaac to me. Give me your firstborn son. Abraham's like, are you kidding me? I just got this kid. And now you're saying sacrifice him? (laughs) Everybody, don't be put off when God is asking you for something. It's confusing. Times God said to me, do this. I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, no, do this. Do this. It's in the obedience. It's in the sacrifice. It's in the doing of it that God says, I'm taking you out of your norm into the supernatural. And if you do that, down the track, I'll show you the reason why. But God's always got a ram in the thicket. God's always got a replacement at the time of cost. So God says, I'll pay the bill ultimately, but I just need you to obey me right now. Everybody obey God. Stop being afraid of change. Stop being afraid of change. 
See, people are afraid of change. It just gets hold of you. You do not want to get to the end of your life and go, I never changed, so I never saw what God had. Here's the reality. See the back screen? This screen is going to be, you're going to have one of these in eternity, and God is going to be there, and He's going to go, this is what I had for you. And on the screen is going to come up this whole roll of what God planned for your life. It's going to be right on the screen. And then God's going to say, and here's what you did. Think about that, everybody. Your life is going now. Even since you've been sitting here, you're aging. There is one more wrinkle on your face this morning. <laughs> you're aging. Life is going like that. And God's going, here's what you I had for you. Here's what you did. I want to aim for what God has for me. Everybody, aim for what God has for you. Come on, aim for it. Don't let fear paralyze your faith. Don't let fear paralyze you. Don't let because people, you know, put you down that it limits you. Don't let it limit your spiritual eyesight. Say, Lord, help me to see what I don't see. And, uh, and don't give up before time. Some of us give up prematurely. How many people were about to get a breakthrough in a relationship, but they gave up? How many people were about to get promoted by God, but they stopped and pulled out? How many people was God about to give a job, but no, they knew better and they just went off and did something else? How many people was about to break through here and here and there, but they're like, no, I don't want to go through the discomfort of this. What do they say? The old saying, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. You're going to grow spiritually. You're going to grow as a person. There is going to be internal pain that you're going to say, I've got to persevere now. Maybe you have to forgive somebody. I've got to forgive now. <laughs> All of us will have people, you're like, I don't want to forgive them, Lord. And the Lord goes, you've got a rich opportunity to learn to be like me, which is that I forgave you. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. That was a big deal. Oh, yeah, that was really big, Lord. Actually, that was huge. Okay, I think I can forgive them. Everybody. We need to realize that God is saying, don't give up before time and don't be intimidated by the voices of others or by the enemy through fear. Give it to God. Give your fears to God. Say, Lord, thank you for the provision that money can't buy as I serve you and as I honor you. Everybody, in Jesus' name. God wants to give you provision money can't buy. How good is that? I've got friends I would never have met, incredible friends, had I not served the Lord. I've got an incredible church here in Perth that if Sue and I, if I went back to Sydney or stayed in London, I'd never have you guys in our family here. We'd never have met you. So I had to go, okay, let's go to Perth. And then I'm like, look at you, priceless, without price, but would never have come if we hadn't gone, let's go to Perth, even though I'm from Sydney and we were in London and Sue's from London. God goes, go there. Provision without price, provision without price in Jesus' name. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you've been rejected, if you've had difficulty in your life, if you've had things go wrong, if you had people hurt you, if you had this, go, can I encourage everybody, you need to start thanking those people for what they did. You're like, are you nuts? No, I was nuts. But no, I've learned this. Some of the people who have, in a, in a way, you know, they say hurt you, told me the truth, have been my greatest friends. I said in the last service, I know when the youth leader is who first spoke into my life at the church when I got saved. When I first came to youth and came to the church, the youth leader, her name was Rosalind. She wrote on my car in big letters, Dear Jared, you need more discipline, Rosalind. <laughs> and, if you, and I thought, if you're not a girl, I would say, and you need a slap. Like, 
Imagine saying that to me on my car. Then another time I'm at youth and she comes out and there's another note in my car. Jared, you need to learn submission and authority. Otherwise, God will never give you any. I was like, who is this girl? And then Steve Kelly, she got your number. You can shut up as well. You know, I had people challenging me. That girl was challenging me. She's in a church in Melbourne. I know where she is now. I've located her. I don't go near that suburb. Not near it. No. <laughs> I, we, we saw her years ago, like 20 years after we're in youth. I said, hey, thanks for what you said to us. Uh, yeah, we, we appreciate it now. She goes, yeah, you needed it. You two weren't going to do anything otherwise. <laughs> 20 years later. Oh. Steve, Steve goes, it's been great catching up. Been great catching up. Anyway. Listen, some of the people that you think are your best friends, they're not a friend to your destiny. She was a friend of my destiny. She was a friend of my future. You judge your friends by how they make you feel. Like, you know, you're in all your, you just slump, fall back, go back. They're like, love you. They're friends to your past, who you used to be. She was being a friend of my future. Jared, God's called you to be, you know, a leader. God's called, He wants to use you. She's speaking, you need discipline. You need to change your attitude. You need to, I'm thinking she's from the devil. And actually, in fact, I said to the Lord, this youth leader is actually not a Christian. <laughs> and, and, you know, over time I realized, yes, yeah, she's a Christian. But God used her to visit. She was a, she was a friend of my future, not to my past. Everybody, some of the people you think are your friends are your enemies to your future. And some of the people you think are enemies, that Christian is so annoying and challenging. They're actually the provision that God has put there. They're your Roslyn to help you get to your destiny in Jesus' name. I even with my dad, you know, my dad was so horrendous in my childhood. My childhood was fear, confusion, poverty, and then even a couple, in my 30s, I remember one day just looking up and my dad was manipulative, deceptive, scary. Oh my goodness. But he got saved before he died. And I know I'm going to see him healed in heaven. He, was, he ended up brain damaged through fighting and alcoholism. But I remember looking up to heaven and just, you know, my dad's not hearing me in heaven. I just was a little, you know, a little moment I was having. And I remember saying to my dad, thanks, dad. You've been a friend to my ministry. What the enemy meant for evil to me, I decided to flip and I say, thank you, you've actually worked for me now as a pastor to have empathy for other people, to feel sensitive for other people, to know what's important, to know what's not important. Thanks, Dad, you've been a friend to my ministry in the Lord. You may not get that, but that's what happens when you walk with God and you realize, hang on, all these things were a setup to grow me, to help me, to make me see stuff. Listen, when you get it, thank God. And even thank God some of the relationships you thought, oh, that relationship. No, 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 let it go. God's got better stuff for you. Some of us sat down a long time ago. God's going, get up. Get up now. Come on, you need to get up on the inside. Get up in your heart. And realize even Psalm 119, verse 71, I remember that scripture where the psalmist says, uh, in my affliction, you allowed it, God, that I might learn. If, you have, if you've been in affliction, if you've been in afflicted childhood, God hated that I suffered, but He's allowed it now because I've learnt from it and I've learnt what's important. Whatever affliction you went through or been through or going through, everybody thank God and say, Lord, you're teaching me something through this right now.
thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.